0: we've already begun too so hello and welcome to the berlin boys club guide to depression i'm connor i'm Kim. and as as gloomy as the title of this podcast is uh i guess there is a silver lining is how are you feeling today cam
1: i'm feeling super Today, Connor. Kind
0: of. I'm. I'm also feeling yeah. super. The
1: good vibes are here. It's the start of the new month. Uh, you know, the, the planets are moving forward. Or that whatever. is true.
0: That is true. There's a there's a thunderstorm overhead at the moment. There is
1: actually. It's a bit of a grim vibe outside. Um, but I kind of like a good storm.
0: It does. It feels very Shakespearean. It does you know, this, the yeah. storm outside and the storm inside? That's right. And, um, yeah, we're g- I guess we're going to talk about depression today. Yeah, We're going we're to hit that one on the head. Yeah, but we should, uh, maybe we'll just begin with, a, we had a question uh, based on our last week's podcast, mm-hmm. and this comes from Matt, who is in London, and Matt says, it was touching how Connor and Cam showed their love for each other in the last episode. Um, how do they push against male friendship habits in their other friendships? And, yeah. Hmm. Good question,
1: Matt. Thanks for listening. Um, yeah, what do we think about that? Uh, I suppose, you know, there's a range of different friendships you have and varying different levels of intimacy in that. And I guess, um you sort of modify how you how intimate you are with each based on you know your shared experience and who they are and yeah um, we both talked about how we have friends who we, we, we share the love with a lot yeah mm-hmm. we've got those special friends who are yeah. who are male and they know us like no one are, no one else and um, you know our soul
0: brothers-hmm
1: if you want to call it that um, but yeah then there's sort of a whole ran- whole cast of other other male friends and, and those relationships tend to be a little bit more surface level, I guess. Yeah. So I don't know.
0: And you you told a story, um quite a racy story, Cam, of a, yeah. a friend of yours who you actually kiss. Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: My my man
0: um my man Dan. Brave new levels of
1: male friendship. Yeah. A bit of a bromance with, with my hairy, hairy friend Dan. My sole brother out there in uh Preston in Melbourne. If you're listening, my man, I miss you. But uh, we've had a great friendship over the past 10 or 15 years. I was his best, the best man at his wedding. And um, we don't see each other a whole lot these days, me living over here. But uh, when we do catch up, it's one of those friendships that no time has passed, you know. Mm -hmm. And if we see each other, it's it's a peck on the lips and a great big hug. He gives the best hugs. The best. And he's this big, hairy dude. He's got a you know, swashbuckler mustache, long curls, gregarious fella, wow. and uh, he's just full of life and full of love. And, I'm getting chills. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, he's my best mate, and um, and that's uh, you know we have when we do when we are you know in each other's presence we talk about all sorts of deep stuff. You know that's yeah, the norm. Yeah. I know his mind and he knows mine, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm. Very lucky to have that friendship. Wow, That's yeah. great. Have you got something similar to that, Connie?
0: You know, I have. I have two wonderful friends, and we we uh, who we tell each other we love each other. Mm. Whenever we get off the phone to each other, there's there's Nathan in New York, and there's there's Bradley in Dublin, right. and um, they both started it. Right. They both started the "I love you" thing. It's beautiful, and uh, it and it was very easy for me to follow it, and now. It's very enjoyable to kind of shout it out at the end of a phone call yeah. to a, a male friend, but I haven't quite, I haven't quite um, got a buddy who I would kiss on the lips yet. Maybe that's my twenty nineteen goal.
1: Hey, man! I mean, it's it's not the norm, and uh, it's it's a rare thing. It just is, you know. It, it's a it, it's the right vibe for us. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, and I don't have any other one that I do that with. Yeah. So. It's a rare thing.
0: Well, Cam, I'm not. I'm not asking you to kiss me. Don't worry. <laughs> I'll, I'll find it my own good friend who will allow me to kiss them. Yeah, I'm taking. In my own time. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, less less of this giggling. We should jump on to yeah. our talk about depression. Yeah, that storm's coming. Set the tone. Let's get on it. Yeah. So I, I guess we we came about this idea of depression Cam, because uh, the statistics are pretty glaring. Yeah. It's it's on the rise. Yeah. Particularly amongst males. That's right. And even just I did a little research before we came on and looking at things from the National Institute of Mental Health mm. that's in the us and at a minimum of one in ten men experience depression anxiety on a daily basis and yep. um, one in three are now medicated yep. and the suicide rate amongst men has risen to five times that of women Wow and so, depression is definitely something that uh, we have to contend with mm-hmm. and will have to contend with even more as it increases um, yeah. in our lifetimes.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, there's some pretty, um, pretty heavy statistics. Um, and, you know, do we know why this rate is going up? What are the, uh, what are the factors at play
0: here? I think, to a certain extent, some of the the factors included are definitely that the 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 systems, mm. the 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 archetypal systems, the the which I guess delivered a certain amount of security to most males mm. have crumbled. Sure, this sense of uh, um, sort of uh, you. Possibility to earn money and provide a, a kind of a, a living for yourself, this has that kind of premise has now been eroded. Sure, yeah. Um, the amount of new technology that we have to contend with, which has been shown to just make us more isolated and unhappy, yeah, it'll also be another big factor. Sure, um, I think that isolation is, is the big one, isn't it? That's, yeah, That sort of
1: um. Well, isolation and depression hand-in-hand is uh, the core impetus of of setting up this club.
0: The Lonely Males Club. (laughs) Exactly.
1: And it's that statistic I saw today where, uh, in America at least this was, um, uh, I think most men report having no one to really talk to about moments of depression or or loneliness. or Mm. They don't really have even one friend that they can go to. Yeah, let alone you know, kiss on the lips or or talk to about soulful stuff. So, yeah, it's it's a lonely world for men out there.
0: Yeah, Uh, I know. I know myself when I I guess um, I've had I've had plenty of bouts of depression. I mean, it is a it is quite a cyclical thing. Yeah, I suppose that in the last um, I think it's been at least five years now since I kind of experienced what I would call a sustained depression. I mean the yeah. the the term is really a, a, a mood disorder disorder that lasts for more than two weeks. Sure. Yeah. But um I know Daphne is a kind of a, a much younger man and throughout my twenties. Depression was a little bit like a kind of a shadow that mm. would catch up with me every so often and then would disappear. And yeah. I I certainly didn't didn't talk about it or confide in people. Mm. it wasn't um I guess I felt a certain amount of shame yeah ab- about being depressed. I th- I think there was sort of it wasn't you know in the same way if if I knew that for example like I I had a couple of incidents where I I I injured myself. Mm. I had a motorbike crash once and I was going around in crutches. Yeah. And I just remember that I was I was so excited to be seen on crutches. <laughs> okay. I was so excited to be seen with a physical injury. Right. And was very happy to tell everyone who would listen that I'd had this motorbike crash, yeah. But these emotional injuries that I was suffering, I kept yeah. them totally a secret. Yeah, the the, cr- the crutches within. The crutches within, Cam's <laughs> <comes> next book. <laughs> <laughs> how how about yourself? Like, I mean, um, yeah, man. well, t- let's talk about your depression. Of you, I think my
1: experience of it has been a little bit different, yeah. and I'm quite thankful that it's been the way it has. Um, I've never really sustained that definition of depression in that it's prolonged or it it makes you incapacitated for for weeks on end. Yeah. But I do have regular bursts where maybe it's a day, uh, maybe it's a day or two where you know it is hard to get off the couch and it, it's just an intense heaviness. And it can be it can come about for any number of reasons. Um, But the mood is extremely low, and it's a feeling of great despair. And you know there are clinical definitions for for this as well that I found out. Um, I've forgotten the specific name for what this general thing is, but it's basically a a really intense and acute uh, depression. But it's you know it's short-lived. So you know I don't know if that's better or worse than having one. That's not quite as intense, but goes for a longer period of time. Uh, But that's been my ride with it, I guess. Um, And also just a low level of anxiety that there's, as you said, kind of shadowed Mm. me for many years. Yeah. um, Which I became so used to that I didn't even realize was there. Yeah. But then that realization that that's kind of not normal, well, it's not, that's not normal, it is quite normal these days, but um, that's not necessary. Yeah, um, it was a real revelation, and that's only something I've recently tried
0: to uh, alleviate, I guess. Yeah, I th- I think mm. that's quite a a classical male behavioral trait, isn't oh. it? Of just you you know, yeah. I mean, grin and bear it. And- we yeah, we grin and bear it, and yeah. we just you accept that you know there's got to be something wrong all the time. Mm. Totally, and that this is how we kind of. We don't really expect much better.
1: No, exactly, and and also in that, rather than kind of addressing it, acknowledging it, it's a it's a feeling of um, you know pushing it away, pushing that feeling away, in not acknowledging it, you you you're up against it, you're you're trying to um, not ignore it, but just um, I don't know, there's something to be said for. Letting it overwhelm you so you can actually embrace it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I guess what I'm trying to say is, in not acknowledging really how you're feeling and trying to to, to, to push that to one side, you make things worse. Yeah, Rather that's saying, true. Well, no, actually, I feel quite shit.
0: I suppose that's interesting, the points you make about um, letting it letting it overwhelm you. I think that's maybe the... The, the the challenge of these big feelings that that come our way. Like I know myself, um, I would also I would also experience a, a lot of anxiety and kind of anxiety attacks, which would just have just be moments where a little bit like yourself, where you say you couldn't get off the couch. Mm. I'd be I just couldn't get off the floor, you yeah. know, and I'd I'd actually just lie down and not really know what to do and. It almost felt like a wave of nausea, mm. and I just my my kind of uh, field hospital solution to this was just lie down, see how bad it is, mm. let it come my way. Don't try and distract. Mm. Don't try and kind of do things yeah. to ignore the feeling, mm. and. And ultimately, I think what I would always get out of it or what I would always understand is that I the, these these waves and these attacks would come on me mm. when I was in a period of sustained um, sadness. Mm. And when I was in a period where I had gone for many days, many weeks, mm. doing something that I just... Really, did not want to do, or being in a position mm. where I really didn't want to be.
1: Is this sort of work related, or or
0: just general life stuff? Or, I, th- you know, I think general stuff? life stuff, and I, I, mm. I think this is also where I mean, yourself and myself, Cam. We we do similar work. Yeah, and uh, we're both we're both writers. Yeah, and so uh, I mean, our days quite often uh, we're a little bit like. Goat herders up in the Alps, you know, we're, right. we're we're on our own a lot of the time. It sounds a
1: lot nicer than than the setting I find myself in. <laughs> a, the computer. And we're
0: goat herders in in cheap apartments. How does that How does <laughs> that sound? With it's, no goats. Yeah, yeah, sounds goats. It. Uh, it sounds goats. And and I guess we've we've kind of chiseled out these lives for ourselves. And I think a lot of people in this kind of this this gig generation and kind mm. of people who freelance and so on. End up in these situations where they are, um, the I guess the this beautiful, um, this shiny horizon of autonomy and working for yourself Mm. and and the dream of working from home quickly becomes eclipsed by some great feelings of emptiness, yeah, and social exclusion, yeah,
1: yeah, I think particularly for our vocation, yeah, and um. You know, that's a big reason why you and I have come together to do this. Exactly. You know, we we have that shared experience um of not working with people and going days sometimes without even really talking to people. We, I mean
0: we don't even need to press record, Cam, we just need to hang out, <laughs> don't it. we? That's that's all the that, it. <laughs> that, that would work for us over. as a solution.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, man. Yeah, but I think that's had a big um, a big impact for me, uh especially. Also, you know, moving to another country, yeah, we've both done that. We're not, you know, living in the place that we were born. It's been a upheaval uh, living in Berlin and, and navigating a new life here. Yeah, completely. But it, it, it incredibly rewarding as well. Yeah, um, it's brought a lot of these moments of of incapacitation, but with that, amazing growth.
0: Would would you say then, Cam, that kind Mm. of through this, I mean, through these moments where you couldn't get off the sofa and so Mm. on, that you, they were almost welcomed in a way, as yeah, I mean, even in the worst,
1: in the worst of it, there was a little, there's always the voice underneath that says, "Don't worry too much. I know this is painful and it sucks, but you'll probably be fine tomorrow Mm. after a good night's rest," Mm. and thankfully. My bouts of, of this experience never really lasted more than a day at a time. Um, so they're very intense when they happen, and they do write you off completely. But you do feel, I must admit, a little bit stronger after each time. I found last month a real challenge because, as we mentioned yeah. in last 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 uh, podcast, I didn't have a place to live.
0: Cam's housing um, update. Yeah, I hate, I've got a place
1: to live. <laughs> The flat came through, so the um the universe is broken. and uh, that's a huge relief. I mean, not having a the basic, uh, you know, um, domicile has been tough for the last ten months. Um, so that definitely contributed to my my uh, low low mood.
0: Um, but anyway, that's you know, that's a positive. I think there's a lot I mean, if I sort of examine our circle of friends and our peer group and so on, yeah. I think there's a lot that we just take for granted these days, you know sort of how our homes are very often not fixed, mm. our jobs are kind of in constant flux, yeah if a relationship goes beyond two seasons, it's a huge success story, yeah, yeah, and we're in these sort of positions um where everything is so entirely precarious yeah and we've we've learned to kind of absorb it mm. and almost normalize it yeah yet the the reality is that we're probably all suffering tremendously from this yeah and we we talk about it in much of the ways we would talk about like external factors like the weather yeah but it's it actually feels like the the societal conditions around us right now are primed to make us feel anxious and depressed. Absolutely,
1: yeah. And look, I mean, that's our situation, but I think there's plenty of men that have nine to five jobs, yeah. and you know, they don't have quite as much precariousness with their autonomy around work. Things are secure. We've got a stable place to live, but they're still experiencing this stuff as well. Yeah. So it's not entirely a result of. Um, I mean, while it is, well, our experience of being has been a bohemian
0: writer, by writers, you, yeah. you think it's just it's just not that, no. <laughs> I'm not sure, <laughs> but I think
1: everyone's suffering, whatever the um, walk of life or day to day, you know. God,
0: this depression podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that storm's really rolling through now. We'll have to, we'll have to do some stand up at the end to, <laughs> yeah. to keep the listeners coming back next week. That's it. Bear with us, people. Yeah. I, I thought it might be interesting just to uh, to read out a, a list of um, some of the symptoms mm. of depression. Yeah. And uh, if you're listening at home, you can, well, if you recognize any of these, you recognize them. So, anger and irritability, Mm -hmm. anxiety, loss of interest in your friends, family, life in general, Mm. uh, zero sexual desire, Mm -hmm. feeling flat, eating too much Mm. or eating too little, uh, high-risk activity, Mm. um, need for alcohol and drugs. Yeah, and then becoming isolated. Yeah, and I think just reading through that list, I mean, we can. I'm pretty sure most people can identify with with something there. Yeah, absolutely. And another thing that we kind of we sort of mentioned a little earlier is how I think a lot of us are actually suffering from depression, but don't realize. Yeah,
1: that's the the insidious nature of it. And maybe a self-protection mechanism in the brain to not even acknowledge this stuff when it comes up. Um, as I said, that was a revelation for me, really acknowledging that I, I, I do have this. I mean, even talking about it now, there's a yeah. part of my brain that's like, I don't get depressed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's a yeah a weird cognitive dissonance thing going yeah. on, but yeah, that's totally important. I think another thing that is important to talk about um, that we, we hit on during the week is building up a toolbox for mm. kind of getting yourself off the floor and getting yourself off the couch. And once you do recognize that you know the black dog's back, how do you shoo it away, or how do you manage it? How do you mm. continue on? I mean, do you have any particular um, tools that you've you've gleaned or or built up?
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: over the years, experiencing yeah, definitely.
0: I, I mean, I think my my whole. Um, I suppose to a certain extent, I was lucky in that when I was 19, I was diagnosed with clinical depression mm. and so already kind of from that, from that young age knew mm. that uh, my mental health wasn't the greatest. And uh, I remember after a 10 minute consultation with a doctor, I was prescribed Prozac. Mm. Um, which I never took. I don't yeah. know for some some reason I I didn't take it. I think I just didn't like the idea of taking it, mm. and instead I I went off traveling. Yeah, and not that that really got to the core of it, but I did. I guess I my how I developed my toolbox was through trial and error. I mm. I, I, I I traveled a lot. I went looking for freedom. True. Sure. In that sense, I. I fell in love. Yeah. And and then had to fall in love again and again and again because it's only the initial hit that really worked. Yeah. It's the trial and error. It's the trial and error yeah. and I mean I, I smoked a lot of weed. Yeah. And drank a lot. Did you smoke
1: I mean, was was that all a part of your life did that inform the depression as well when you were nineteen or or what were you doing at the time?
0: Well I mean I was working in bars and I can, I can kind of I can see how like when I look back in these stages and also in my 20s, depression was a big thing too yeah. it was very much related to uh lifestyle yeah and I could definitely I can definitely chart a, a path of the more alcohol I drank yeah the more depressed I became sure yeah. and I think for me then finally having having gone through a number of various know trying to jog the depression away and things mm. like this that the one the things that really worked for me were were quitting alcohol mm. and developing a daily meditation practice
1: yeah that's a pretty recent thing for you isn't
0: it yeah An that's a too yeah i mean and i i've i kind of um uh, i guess in the last it i suppose it's it's something that sort of happened in the last five years mm. and while i would drink very occasionally now i kind of yeah i, I drink like as much as a little grandmother, <laughs> assuming your little grandmother isn't Irish, <laughs> and um, but uh, I, th- I think definitely a combination of of um, really watching what I put into my body, yeah, and yeah. then and then developing a pretty big meditation practice. That's so good, man. Yeah. I what think. about what about yourself? And yeah.
1: Well, I think with the booze thing, I mean,
0: yeah, that's a,
1: another insidious. Factor at play yeah. that uh, I think probably, you know, I like to have a drink, and um, but these days I do notice that just how much it, it can influence my mood. Mm. And for years I didn't really recognise that as a as a key player. Um, I think last year I had a pretty uh, up and down year. It was a a bit turbulent, and I was experiencing these adverse depressive feelings more. Over the winter, um, I started running again. I used to run a lot when I was younger, mm-hmm. just basic exercise. Mm. And you know, the Berlin winter can be particularly depressing. There's no sunlight here. No. Just from a, a, a biological perspective, you know, there's no vitamin yeah. D. There's. I think the health department here recommends that people leave at least a couple of weeks. You know, <laughs> it's a <laughs> it's a thing. You know, um, so with that in mind as well, I started running every day and. That's a part of my, my regimen now. Just exercise. Yeah. That's good for me. That keeps my brain healthy. Yeah. And it uh, makes me feel good. Listen to music. Go on, um, you know, get the yep. blood pumping, get the endorphins running. So that's a big tool in my toolbox. And secondary to that, akin to what you said, really noticing what you're putting in your body.
0: Mm. I overhauled
1: my diet. It's mostly a plant-based diet now. Um, I don't have a whole lot of urge to eat meat. Uh, I will sometimes, but not really. It's a ninety-five percent vegetarian diet, and yeah. that's been um, that's had a huge impact on on my general mood, my resting mood. And so, I think diet and exercise—I mean, it's not controversial—but that's been really yeah. crucial for me, and a bit of meditation. Though I think you're a bit more on top of that than I am. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's that's my toolbox.
0: I know, I know, Diet was a huge thing for me too. But I mm. like, I also would have a maybe a ninety-four mm. percent plant-based diet. Mm. I still, I do love an egg. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah me too. But I, I had a, um, I, I, I've, I generally, I can, I, there's almost, I have a rule of thumb now. If my fridge is full of good stuff. Then my head normally is full of good stuff too, nice. and if I I know that if I'm going through a period where I'm eating well, yeah. and I th- I think a lot of us aren't aren't really quite sure what eating well is exactly. too, you know, think, yeah.
1: Well, we I, think we might be, but in actual fact, we're not.
0: Yeah, we're not. I mean, I I mean neither of us are dietitians or anything, but if if you eat a meal that immediately makes you sluggish, yeah, you're probably eating the wrong thing. Exactly,
1: yeah. Yeah, get get your leafy greens in there. Get your get your raw vegetables. Yeah, you know, get yeah. your five in.
0: Yeah, well, maybe maybe we should jump back to just this idea of um, the perhaps the, the instructiveness of, of depression a little bit more. And you sort of mentioned the idea of, um, um, I guess, really uh, confronting your depression. Yeah, and then looking at the kind of the the lessons that you can learn. Mm. when depression comes through yeah and i i think that i can definitely um depression for me has always um prefaced kind of great periods of change in my life yeah and i know that initially like i left ireland after a bout of depression mm. and also um the first time i ever kind of decided to do a meditation retreat was following a period of depression, sure, and relationships that haven't worked for me. Yeah, I've noticed that they've sort of. I've also like left them mm. after periods of depression. So I think, yeah. um, I I I feel there's some there's some elements of depression that where we can actually look at them as 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 useful.
1: Absolutely, rather than afflictions, they're, they're yeah tools themselves for, for yeah. growth once you get through them. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, every every moment that I've experienced has always given way to, to the next step, to, to, to uh, a feeling of resilience, um, some form of growth. Mm-hmm. Something good has always come at the end of, uh, of the bad stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Can't enjoy the sunshine without a bit of rain, said Dolly Parton. <laughs> <laughs> the sunshine always comes, you know. Yeah, it's so, true. Yeah, and not to simplify this either, because I know some people have really terrible um, depression and it, it can't be talked about quite as lightly. But,
0: yeah. But I
1: think reframing it from something that's um, this kind of affliction yeah. to, to something that is actually positive. Yeah, it's a good way to, to start looking at it and start yeah. talking about it.
0: Yeah, so speaking of the kind of the well the the very extreme end of depression, do you have much experience of suicide in, in your friend circle? Yeah, yeah,
1: I know you know a few that,
0: that um that have gone
1: way too young. Yeah, and this was definitely a part of their experience. I've had family members um, that uh, you know one in particular that suffered really awful. Yeah. Mental mental illness. Way yeah. beyond depression. Um and and went the same way. So yeah, I've seen that happen. I've seen what can happen when it's not addressed. Um yeah, and that's a real yeah. real shit situation. Yeah. And that's the norm, as we know, you know, the statistics you mentioned. Mm-hmm. I think everyone would know at least a few in their circle. Yeah. That have decided to uh
0: you know, to bow out. Yeah. Um, when I when I was about uh twenty, one of my one of my closest friends committed suicide. Yep. Kevin was his name. And um at the time we we did kinda talk about it. You know, mm. we talked about how we were both depressed. And um I guess I didn't really have the I I wasn't, I guess I had no idea mm. that he would actually commit suicide yeah. and that he would actually kill himself. Mm. And it's something that, that I have thought about most of my, all of my life, yeah. sort of if what could I have done different sure. back then. And um, I guess this is something that possibly... If people are listening now, they might be experiencing situations like this right now, where they are around, or they have people in their life who are going through severe depressions and mm. things like that. And I guess, well, none of us, neither of us are are doctors. Yeah. Uh, I I think that sort of the the key in these situations, if possible, is to to make yourself as available to to people like this Absolutely. as much as possible. Yeah,
1: for sure. It's hard when you're younger, as you said, because
0: mm. it's hard to recognise this stuff.
1: But um, yeah, it must have been a really heavy, heavy situation.
0: Yeah, a very heavy situation, because I think we were both, we were both, we were both depressed at the same time, and mm. we would, we would kind of, we joked about it in a very maudlin kind of way, where we were two young lads who listened to Dead Kennedys and, <laughs> you know, shoplifted and smoked rollies, and you know, of course course we were miserable yeah. and um but i i i guess i i never thought that i never thought that uh that it would get to that level yeah and the the truth was we had both kind of isolated ourselves mm. and i think that's always that's the dangerous point for men is when when a man becomes isolated mm. and depressed yeah it's probably their most critical time.
1: Yeah, and the thoughts can can get the better of you in that yeah. situation. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. And I, I suppose I suppose the 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 takeaway from that is to um, tr- try and as much as possible to to vocalize mm. uh, your bad days.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, to fully acknowledge what you're going through and, and accept yeah. that rather than try and push it away, pushing it away doesn't help, it just prolongs it. Yeah. And from that step, yeah, um, th- th- there's guaranteed to be at least one or two people in your circle that you can open up to. Mm-hmm. I know most men will report that that's not the case, but but there will be, I'm sure. Yeah, you know, it's about seeking those people out and opening up. Being bold it can be a really difficult thing for a lot of people to do. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think there's always someone that will listen to you.
0: Yeah. You know? I think as well, to a certain extent, Cam. It's—I guess it's about—we um, talk about being bold, but perhaps even having a little bit of foresight mm. um, to to recognize when things, like we said, like I mean, you—I'm someone who walked around with a broken foot for two weeks and thought it was a sprain, so I'm I'm not always the most aware of my own health. (laughs) And you (laughs) carried anxiety for a long time and assumed it was just a part of your demeanor. Yeah. Well, on that, I mean, we talked about
1: how um, it's good to recognize these things in our brains when they do pop up now and actually actually to give them names. Yes. To name that thing. Yeah. uh, Personify that thing. Yeah, true. So it's not, this specter or this shadow that's, that's kind of haunting your mind yeah. becomes a character. Yes. And that's a, another great tool to um, so that when, you know, those feelings return, you can be like, ah, that's, in, in my case, uh, I've given it the name Ray Liotta, <laughs> that scary actor guy, because uh, that's kind of what he looks and feels like in my brain. Yeah. Um, giving it a name, acknowledging it when it comes along, yeah, and then saying, "Okay, you're here. Not really happy about it, but uh, you're not in control here. You're you're allowed to come for the ride. Yeah. I accept that you're in there, but you're uh, you're you know you're a passenger here, not not the not the
0: captain.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, another uh, another good tool for the toolbox.
0: Yeah, I think. Yeah. So I guess it's about it's about recognizing that um. There's an enemy at the gates. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> or they've they've climbed through the window. Yeah, and recognizing that this this thing can't stay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And by and and by by reaching out at, as as much as possible, and by communicating. Yeah, I feel the one thing that we keep coming back to here is this need for uh, communication and group regulation. Yeah. Amongst men, and when you're not when you're not feeling great, mm. uh, I mean, f- for example, the situation you've just been through, where you spent the last month and a half without mm. without a home. I mean, it's been a longer period than that, but it was a, yeah. a critical period of a month and a half. Exactly. Yeah. And I guess uh, to a certain extent, you probably you know playing the old cowboy, were like, oh well, it'll get done. Yeah. You know, but really, for most of us, if you imagine being in this precarious homeless situation mm. for that long of a period, yeah, of course we'd be depressed. Of course yeah. we'd be miserable. Yeah,
1: it was a huge challenge.
0: Yeah. Um. um but thankfully, it's over. I guess. Thankfully, it's over. <laughs> yeah. And it isn't isn't that really the that's that's hopefully where everyone who's dealing with depression will be able to say the same thing at some stage. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. The energy will move forward, and uh, the sun will come out. Yeah, mm. exactly. Um, do you have any uh, tips for um, men who, you know, are feeling, you know, they're feeling anxious, they're overeating, yeah. and so on, and they're not sure who they can talk to? Yeah. In their friend circles, like, That's how it. do you, how do we open this dialogue with a friend? Yeah. Well, I think the
1: very first thing is to. Ironically, when you do feel down, this part of your brain also says you don't need to talk to anyone. It's, yeah. a, it's a real bastard, isn't it? Quite sadistic. That voice that you've got in the, in your head that's that's giving you grief is also yeah. saying, "Well, wow, it's pointless talking to anyone. Yeah, that's that's not going to help. It's, it's about doing what you can to to shut that bit up and say, yeah. actually, no, I do need to talk to someone." Yeah. That's the very first step, I think. Yeah, And then just seeing who's in the room, who's yeah. around. I'm sure you've got one or two people you can talk to. Um, give them a call. Yeah, Go out and have a drink, go out and have a coffee, whatever. Mm. Get out of the house. Keeping on moving however you can yeah, is really important. It was really important for me. If I choose to, to fall into the doldrums, um, sometimes it's not a choice. Sometimes it's really, really difficult um but if you can sort of you know get off the couch call someone
0: up and
1: move gently with that it really will help
0: i couldn't agree more i think, I think, more. I, think yeah. I think also stay stay the hell away from social media
1: big time yeah throw yeah. the phone out the window really or, after you've
0: sent a message
1: <laughs> you got a <laughs> yeah, yeah, call yeah your, call yeah your, call your person first as <laughs> 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 that you're going to
0: scare them <laughs> <laughs> yeah get off facebook Seriously, get off that thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's a give it a rest. And and be in nature. I mean that's oh, yes yeah. it's yeah. as, as as much as possible, there's so much there's so much relief and peace in nature. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's a huge factor, isn't it? Yeah. We live longer if we we um, we hang out with trees.
0: Yeah. You know. And then when you and then I think when you when you know when you when you sort of you send out your flares and you you manage to kind of find moments of of peace in the middle of all of this that's when you can start to kind of you can you can look at ways that you can improve things in your life yeah and ways that you can look into possibly you know maybe maybe you're surrounded by toxicity maybe you're mm. surrounded by toxic relationships yeah maybe you're not doing anything the things that you want to do in life
1: yeah
0: maybe you're entirely lonely mm and I guess, trying to look at those things and see, okay, what is the depression trying to teach me, yeah, because ultimately, as grim and brutal as depression is, it is a teacher yep yeah. absolutely and and like all lessons, mm. some are enjoyable and some are tough yep yeah. um if if you can if you can manage to kind of sit with it and get through it, mm. you do emerge a much stronger person with a a much more balanced and happy life, I think. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Is, right.
1: it, is it mantra time?
0: I think it might be mantra time, Cam. Yeah. Um. What, James, have you got uh, for us this week? Which, uh, I think I think uh, our listeners would like to hear you read it this time. Oh, it's my turn, right?
1: Today's mantra: Depression is a ball ache. That's something we all know. But it's also the first step in starting
0: to truly grow. Amazing. Thank you, Sage Moritz, Connor. We've been the Berlin Boys Club. If you have any questions, you can just send them into to us for next week. And take care of each other. Bye now.